Welcome to the Von Nelson Podcast. Today is the third quarter, 2023 Von Nelson Emerging Markets Recap. And with me today are Senior Portfolio Managers, Kevin Ross and Marco Priani. And with that, Marco, Kevin, I will turn things over to you. Thank you very much, Dan. Kevin, in the three quarters saw a notable change in the direction of the US dollar. Uh, what were the reasons for this and how uh, does it impact the asset class and the portfolio? Thank you, Marco. If you look at the peak in September of 2022, the dollar had been a clear downward trend since that time through the summer of this year, 2023, with the DXY declining 12% during this period. This coincided with the U.S. 10-year yield being in a close range between 35 and 4%. During the July Fed meeting, the group increased rates 25 basis points to a range of five and a quarter to five and a half, putting them at the highest level since 2021 and suggesting that they have a long way to go to hit their 2% inflation target. The financial market started to price in a higher for longer Fed, uh, which caused a 10-year yield to break out to 4.7% and the DXY to rally by 6% through October. Further complicating things for the path of the Fed moving forward has been the recent move in crude oil prices, which increased by 22% to close to $90 a barrel on Brent crude and could be impacted by the recent developments in the Middle East. The stronger U.S. dollar was a headwind on returns for the third quarter and have been particularly felt in countries such as India, Indonesia, Taiwan, and China, where currencies hit new lows versus the U.S. dollar. Currencies have been more resilient in Latin America, where countries produce some of their own commodity needs. Looking forward, if you look at the updated dot plot forecast from Fed members, it suggests that one more 25 basis point rate hike will take place before pausing until inflation gets down to their targeted range. This suggests to us that the recent spike in the U.S. dollar may have a little bit further to run, but is more than likely close to the peak. and We are unlikely to experience the drag that we saw in returns during the third quarter. Marco, can you give us an update on what's been going on in China? The last time we spoke, uh, there were concerns that the reopening uh, reacceleration was slowing down. How do things look now in the third quarter and into the rest of the year? Well, we have continued to see a mixed picture in terms of China's economic activity. Inflation remains among the lowest in the world, with CPI in the first nine months of 2023 re- rising by only 0.4%, which is well below the uh, annual target for the country of 3%. Core inflation, which removes the volatile food and energy prices, rose by only 0.8% in September. Uh, the PPI, which reflects the prices that factories charge wholesalers for products, declined by 2.5% annually in September and has fallen for 12 months in a row. The deflationary pressure uh, in China, however, has allowed the central bank to cut the reserve requirement ratio for all banks, lower the interest rates, ramp up liquidity programs, and gear up to launch additional fiscal stimulus. Big cities in recent weeks have also begun removing price restrictions on home purchases, including reducing minimum mortgage interest rates and down payment. There are some early signs that the economic activity, while mixed, is not getting worse. Industrial production rose 4.5% 
year on year in August, while retail sales, a measure of spending that had remained consistently weak, added 4.6%. Both measures exceeded analyst forecasts as well as growth rates in July. So overall, our view is that things appear to be stabilizing, while the equity markets are trading at multi-year lows on most valuation metrics and the sentiment slash positioning is at depressed levels. An upcoming meeting uh, between President Biden and uh, President Xi uh, could support an improvement in geopolitical relations, which might uh, be a boost to market performance as well. Kevin, can you tell us more about what is happening in Latin America and your updated thoughts on Brazil and Mexico? Starting with Brazil, we saw the economic growth exceed expectations during the first half of the year. This was boosted by a strong harvest, demand for services, and a firm labor market. Analysts have continued to raise estimates for this year. Activity now now seen expanding near the 3.2% central bank forecast for the year. The central bank kicked off its interest rate cutting cycle in August and September, cutting interest rates by 50 basis points at each meeting and suggesting it will keep the same pace of easing through the end of the year. And there are meetings in both November and December. Annual inflation is within the tolerance range and the closely watched services uh, price, price pressures are decelerating. Annual inflation is expected to come down to 5% this year before reducing to 3.5% in 2024 and 3.1% in 2025. One important assumption and key monitorable item is that the government meet their fiscal goals to reduce the budget deficit to zero. Congress is now debating a tax reform as well as bills aimed at increasing public revenues in order to achieve this. Any delays or changes to the reforms could impact the path of the future interest rates. Turning now to Mexico, we are enthusiastic on the nearshoring benefit for the country's manufacturing sector as supply chains are diversified and brought closer to their end markets, in this case being the U.S. Exports to the U.S. are estimated to increase from $455 billion today to over $600 billion in the next five years, and manufacturing makes up about 40% of the economy. Uh, We expect outsized gains in sectors including electronics, auto, IT hardware, electric vehicles, and other clean tech sectors. Uh, There are certainly challenges that remain, including access to skilled labor, the quality of the infrastructure, and environmental regulation that we will see how uh, these items evolve. Another development that popped up more recently that could impact the positive view is the uh, change in the tariff regime for private concessionaires of Mexican airports. Uh, This is the latest in a series of actions taken by the government to improve government finances or reduce the cost of services to the end consumer. However, these measures have caused market participants to question the government's commitment to protecting private investments and abiding by existing contracts or concessions. And longer term, this could have a negative impact on overall FDI into the country. So we'll have to see how the government responds with its future policies moving ahead. Uh, Marco, there was an election this, uh, this, this past quarter Uh, that was very much drawn out in Thailand, which was finally resolved. Can you give the audience some more details? Yes, uh, for sure. In uh, May's election, the progressive parties, including the Move Forward Party, gained a significant following among young Thais for its reform plans, including changes to the military economy 
and monarch-related laws. Despite winning the most votes, the party leader Pita was blocked from becoming prime minister in July by the Senate. The Constitutional Court then suspended Pita after accepting cases accusing him of violating election law for allegedly holding shares in a media company. The Pita party then cut ties with the Move Forward party in an effort for, to form their own coalition and to form a new government. They struck a deal with two military-backed parties in order to secure enough votes in the Senate and promote their candidate real estate tycoon Sreta Tavisin. Before entering politics, the wealthy property developer Sreta, uh, who is not a member of parliament, worked as an executive for Procter & Gamble in Thailand and later founded real estate company Sansiri with his brother. We expect the resolution of the election situation to improve investor confidence and uh, capex spending for government and corporates. The PT uh, party plans to roll out short-term consumption stimulus programs and over the next several years will increase the minimum wage at rates well above prevailing inflation. We expect this to benefit the consumer discretionary and consumer staples companies in the market along with financials. We also see opportunities to enhance tourism. Uh, the revenues for tourism are still running at well below pre-COVID levels. Kevin, can you talk about uh, any changes made during the quarter to the portfolio and the general thoughts on the outlook? Looking at portfolio activities, this quarter we saw the addition of 10 new companies and six exits. The additions primarily include category A companies or undervalued earnings growth in geographies such as India and Korea. India in particular, we added several financial services companies such as an asset manager and discount brokerage house that we think can benefit from the peak in interest rates and capital flowing back into the equity market. In Brazil, we added three consumer discretionary names as we have seen rates being cut and household real incomes increasing as inflation is coming down the last few months. In the case of China, we are waiting for an improvement or stabilization in the real estate sector and or a more meaningful announcement of stimulus measures that could drive an improvement in confidence and economic activities before adding to our allocation in, in China. Uh, back to you, Dan. Well, thank you, Marco and Kevin. And with that, we will look at returns uh, in the third quarter of 2023. The Von Nelson Emerging Market Strategy returned 0.80% gross. 0.52% net versus the MSCI Emerging Markets SMID Cap Index at 0.71%, which brings the year-to-date return for the Von Nelson Emerging Market Strategy to 10.3% gross, 9.41 net, and 8.82 for the MSCI Emerging Markets SMID Cap Index. On the three-year number, strategy returned 9.95 gross, 8.75 net versus the benchmark at 6.92%. Over the five years, the Von Nelson Emerging Market Strategy has returned 4.29% gross, 3.1% net, whereas the MSCI Emerging Markets SMID cap index at 4.12%. Uh, and lastly, since inception, the Von Nelson Emerging Market Strategy has returned 4.25% gross, 2.98% net, and the MSCI Emerging Markets SMID cap index has returned 3.09%. 
And with that, we'll put a wrap up on the third quarter. So thank you, Markham, Kevin, and we'll see you again soon. The views, information, and or opinions expressed during this podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of Von Nelson and its employees. Von Nelson does not verify and assumes no responsibility for the accuracy of any of the information contained in the podcast. The primary purpose of the information, opinions, and thoughts presented in this podcast is to educate and inform. This podcast, or any podcast in the series, does not constitute professional investment advice or services, and any reliance on the information provided is done at your own risk. Past performance is not an indication of future performance. By accessing this podcast, you acknowledge that the entire contents of this podcast are the property of Von Nelson or used by Von Nelson with permission and are protected under U.S. copyright and trademark laws. Securities discussed within this podcast may be held in the Von Nelson Strategies.